Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It is Friday, August 27th, 2021. And you're listening to a bonus episode of the Talking Comics Podcast. My name is Steve Say, and joining me for this abbreviated episode is Mr. Aaron Amos. We're splitting into factions. <laughs> this is the revenge cast. <laughs> so here's the deal, everybody. Um, I feel like I've been missing the show a lot. The last little while, you know, I've been sick. Things have come up. This week I got a work thing. I'm in charge and I got uh, work duties to take care of. And uh, so I ended up missing the show this week. And I was like, damn, like not only did I want to hang out with you guys, I really wanted to hang out with Kristen. And uh, I got FOMO. I got like Talking Comics podcast FOMO. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in charge of this shit. Let's just do another one. (laughs) So... I contacted everybody. Aaron got back to me and was like, "Hey, they ditched me the other day, so you and I we're gonna we're gonna go off on our own." Listen, and so I, I could have been on the show, but being that I was under the influence of anesthesia, <laughs> it would have been comedy gold, but probably not good for my uh, <laughs> my image. So yeah, I think that probably would have gone into dark territory <laughs> if so. you had uh, come onto the show during all of that. It's better for everyone. Public it is better for everyone. Are you feeling? Are you feeling empty? Are you feeling good? I am. <laughs> interesting choice of words. <laughs> That's all I'm saying about that. <laughs> Very interesting. I feel free and light. That's all I'm saying. There you go. That's what we want to hear. That's all I'm saying. All right. So what is this? What are we doing here? Honestly, we are winging it. We we have almost no script in front of us. We don't really have an outline for this. Uh, We have a new story that we're going to hit up just because I think it's fun and cool. Uh, We're going to talk about Aaron going to Awesome Con, venturing back into the con territory uh, during these times. I'm I'm very excited to have that conversation. And uh, we've got a couple of comic books for you. And uh, and then, I don't know, I think maybe that'll be it. Uh, Like I said, this is just a bonus episode. We just felt like making more stuff because we know that people love the show and we love making shows for you. So uh, well, we love, will at some point soon. Word. What was that? Love is a strong word. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we, enjoy we like it, it a lot. <laughs> we enjoy it mostly. <laughs> yes. Uh, we will have some exciting news to share in the coming weeks. Uh, maybe about ways that you can get more episodes of the Talking Comics podcast. Uh, there will be some changes coming to the site and its setup, 
and we're all jazzed to get that going. We're still talking and working out all the kinks. And so we don't want to launch anything or do anything until we feel that it's ready. And uh, we're going to start small and make sure everybody that uh, can manage it that is going to participate. And it's going to be a good time. And we hope that you hop on board. Okay. I want to hear about your trip to Awesome Con. I know that you were nervous about going. So how did you armor up and what did you find when you got there? Listen, let me tell you, I had layers of Teflon on. So <laughs> Kevlar. Listen, you don't even understand. I, I had I had thoughts and concerns. So for those of you who don't know, I live in the District of Columbia, and every year in the District of Columbia, they have what is called Awesome Con. It is essentially our version of a Comic-Con. Um, and it's something that started, I want to say, I don't know, six or seven years ago, something like that, six or seven years ago. Um, and it started super small, has literally just grown exponentially each year. Um, and it's something that's really become an enjoyable event every year. And because it's so close to me, it's literally a 15-minute drive you know, in a straight line from my house. Um, I, I generally meet up there every year with some friends a couple of times. Uh, actually, uh, Miss Carolyn Coca, I'm sorry. Eisner Award winner, Dr. Professor Carolyn Coca has come to uh, attend with me, and we've had a great time there. So they canceled it last year for obvious reasons. Spoiler alert, there's a pandemic. So they canceled it last year. Um, and for those of us who had tickets last year, they basically rolled them over this year. Completely forgot. I completely <laughs> forgot. Then I started getting all the emails saying, oh, by the way, your tickets are sitting here, and Awesome Con is in a couple of weeks, so what are you going to do? So I... I went back and forth. So in the end, I decided to go um, and sort of test it out, step in and see what what my comfort level was, you know, especially with the Delta variant and all the things that are happening and people not always yeah, doing, you know, w- doing their due diligence to keep themselves and others safe. Um, so I figured I would play it by year. Well, I, I am happy to say that I was very proud of our community you know, in this event, because as I, I, I walked in, what was apparent to me was that everyone was doing everything that they needed to do to keep themselves and others safe. Uh, everyone was masked. Everyone was doing their part to you know stay in their groups, but be socially distant. Um, everyone's uh, cosplay was appropriate. They had rules on the uh, site for terms of cosplay. I, I didn't see anything questionable, any questionable behavior. Um, I pretty much, I didn't do any panels. I pretty much stuck to the floor and just spoke to a couple of creators uh, and, and mm. you know, ran into some people. Um, and as I'm walking through the floor, you know, if anyone's been to cons in the past, you are accustomed to people stopping to take photos and bumping into each other and all these things. Yeah. I, I, I really didn't experience any of that. People were just being super respectful, keeping their masks up, keeping their People were probably hyper paranoid. I'm sure. I'm I would sure think I like that. if you don't follow the rules, not only will you possibly get kicked out of the show, but you have all these other people that'll be pissed at you in the moment. If you fuck up, I am sure there was some combination of all of the above uh, personal yeah. safety, you know, not wanting to jeopardize the whole event moving forward. So it was, it was, it was a good time. Um, yeah. Credit where it's due, man. People were doing it. They were, yeah, I really do. I got to give them their credit because I, I didn't know how people were going to react, and so it was, a, it was a good time. Like I said, I walked through and I spoke to a couple of creators. Um, who did I speak to? I, I ran into Sam Mags. Uh, oh, sweet. Spoke to her. 
I also ran into Dan and Julian. Uh, yeah, from, from uh, our friends from that are on the podcast oh, that are jealous. doing uh, That's night. Nice. Um, I may have some signed copies of Night here. Y'all are on your own. I got mine. You can get get yours, but uh, I got. Yeah, mine. but you I said copies plural. What was your point? Are some of those for us? So I talked to some other creators while I was there. <laughs> I, I spoke to um, what was? Hold on, no, wait a minute. What was the problem? Like they were signing yours already, and you've got other copies. They couldn't just, you know, whoop, 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 anything. Listen, you're gonna. I'll take it up with them. You're gonna take it up with them. I'll take it up with them. <laughs> okay, that's all it's all good. I'm kidding. So you're gonna have to have a conversation. Uh, we'll have that conversation. But, you know, it, it it was good. I had, you know, I chatted with a couple of them. Um, and one of the things that was interesting is I, I generally asked, you know, the people I spoke to, I spoke to a couple of other uh, uh, more independent creators as well. I asked them how they were feeling about being back in the, the con space. I, I also spoke to, um, I'm sorry, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Is that his name? Uh, yeah, yes. Author of The Last Gods. I'm yes, sorry. it is. If I'm saying yes. your name incorrectly, I apologize because um, I don't have my notes in front of me. I have no notes. I'm winging it. Seat of my pants. But um, I spoke to several of them. And, you know, the general question I had, the thing that was most, you know, in my head was how are you feeling about being in this space again? Um, and they concurred that people were being very, very respectful of the rules and of the creator's personal space and you know it was you know a little bit of a risk i guess you if you want to call it that to come back into this space but you know they felt like they wanted to do it and and at least from the perspective of awesome con i can't speak to all kinds at least from the perspective of awesome con they were um happy they were happy with the turnout they were happy with the precautions that were being taken um to 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 keep everyone safe and also happy with the way the community was reacting and responding. So kudos to uh, those of you who attended who are in the area. Um, I, I, my comfort level was great. Now, granted, I, I left a, the con and immediately went home to take a silkwood shower, but you know, it is. <laughs> if you know, you know, if you're too young, Google it. Um, Turn the um, dial all the way up. All the way up. Scrub down to the bowl. Get one of those like hot acid baths from the people under the stairs. Literally, I was dipped. I, I listen. I was hosed down. I was every every direction. But you know, I had a good time when I was there. Um, one of the things, just a random thing, as I was walking out the, because I went Saturday and Sunday for about I don't know an hour and a half, two hours each day. What was your before you get into it? What was your attire what did you wear to protect yourself when you went to this thing because you sh- you showed me a couple of photos but like what was your your battle armaments for this thing i was i had a hoodie on i had um just regular like i don't know like regular sweater not sweats but you know like casual sort of slacks leisure but, wear uh, yeah there you go leisure wear i had a I had a dicky on and a you know <laughs> a nice a nice smoking jacket there you um, go no, I had uh, I was double masked, um, okay, and I had I got these a while ago, but they're these sort of uh, antibacterial sort of protective gloves, not like just not the rubber gloves, but they're like these reusable protective gloves that you know you can sort of spray and and give them extra you know protection. But I basically was making sure that I wasn't leaning against or touching things. While I was there, but anything I did touch, you know, I had these gloves on and the objective being I would leave and immediately put them in my bag and then, you know, take them home and wash them. So I, I basically sort of protected myself from the major areas 
um, as I was going through there. Um, you know, there wasn't a scenario where people were coughing. There wasn't any of that. I, I was the more I was there, the more comfortable I became because I it, that's I, nice. That's awesome. I did recognize that people were making a legitimate effort. Um, so. Yeah, it was good. And also the the arrangement of the place, the arrangement of the floor, there was a lot more space in between the, the various, you know, I don't know, vendors or, or and, and artists and everything. There was a lot more space. There was a, a breakdown. There used to be um, more food on the floors, uh, but they actually create took one of the larger halls and turned that into an eating space. So you could go to some of the vendors and then go up there and socially distance, you know, at tables and be apart from everyone and be able to eat without being concerned. So they took this huge hall and I don't think they historically have opened up in the past, but they actually used it to to create tables for everyone to have space. So you could go to any one of the restaurants to get your food and not have to worry about then sitting in the same space as all the other activity without your mask on while you eat. So they, they took some, some good precautions there. Was the, you've been awesome con in the past. Yeah. I, I, I've only missed one year. My sister chose to get married that year. Was the, like, was the layout the same or was it minimalized for COVID or? It was the same from what, well, it was the same, generally speaking. I think they shifted the location of some spots. Like they used to have gaming spot, like um, like Magic the Gathering and all that stuff. Those gaming Oof, spots. I think yeah. they they sort of did away with them, or at least changed them in some capacity. I remember seeing some write up about it. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but they changed the location of some of the spaces, even like the check in spaces where you have to have your bags. They changed the layout of that. Um, I think they also accommodated the expectation that turnout was going to be lower and it was lower, but it was still enough to sort of give you that vibe. So I think at least from my observations, I think they planned well enough to keep the flow of traffic going and to keep people where they need to be at it. From what I could tell from the conversations with the creators, there are still a good number of people showing up at the, the panels um, again, all socially distanced. Um, so I, it, it seemed like they accounted for the best way to describe it is the crowd seemed to be what you would normally experience maybe on a Thursday at New York Comic Con um, from that from a percentage perspective where right. you get a good Definitely number of people, but there's not a whole lot. It, you're not jam packed. You could breathe and, and walk and do all that stuff. So that's kind of what I felt like. Um. But one of the things that sort of touched me as I was leaving, um, there were this group of nerds all sort of standing around. This was on Sunday as I was sort of like leaving. I, I got to be honest, whenever I leave a con, I sort of get, I don't know, not emotional, but sort of missy because it's such a, a community when you're there and you're you're steeped in that community for those days that you attend this con and all the things that you love are, are, are just in every direction. Yeah. Um, so then when you're leaving, it's like, oh, God, I got to wait until however many months until the next one. Usually it's like however many months between this and, and New York Comic Con is my usual MO. But this time it was sort of like how many months between this and whenever I'm able to go back to a, another con. Um, and I started getting a little bit, you know, sort of saddened, but sort of happy I came. But then these group of nerds all just happened to say at the same time, you know, this was a really fun weekend. This was just a really good time. And that just touched me because I was sort of like, we all miss this this type of space, this sort of gathering, even for those of us that are strangers that walk in here and don't know each other, but still recognize that we, we have all these things in common. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was, I'm glad I went. Um, I'm very much looking forward to when we're able to be in these spaces without 
so much fear and consternation in advance. So, yeah. See, that's what I'm. I'm so glad that you had a good time and that you you felt safe. And, and it's it's really nice that you got to experience that again. I was just talking to Bronwyn, I think last week about cons in general because we keep getting messages from Fan Expo in Canada and uh, Toronto, which is what we normally go to each year. And I just I don't I don't even know if they're doing it because I haven't checked any of the emails. I don't necessarily want to know because I know deep down for a show that big that I'm not ready to go back. You know, I've done maybe one big event since the pandemic and it was maybe a couple of weeks ago we did an outdoor thing in downtown London where we actually did a like an app related murder mystery scavenger hunt mm-hmm. down in the city. And um, it was all like interactive with your phone and interviewing suspects and all kinds of things. It was awesome. We ended up solving the case. It was very cool. But um, like beyond that, it's been like the few people in our circle and that's it. Um, I've gone to like the record shop and I've gone to the comic shop and doctor's appointments, but, and like food stores and stuff. But after that, yeah, nothing. So like, we're still debating going to the movies for Shang-Chi. So it's, uh, I'm still, I'm still a little like, I don't know. Like I'm double vaxxed and I can, you know, mask up and do the thing, but I just, my trust for people doesn't go very far. <laughs> yeah. I gotta be honest. I, I think it's going to be baby steps. I think it's going yeah. to be, for example, I think this was a first step for me in terms of doing things that were, were not utilitarian in nature that were not necessities. Um, but rather more entertainment wise, other than, you know, hanging out with my double, my totally vexed friends, um, which we right. did a couple times. Um, it's really the, the variable of strangers that really creates the anxiety. So this being that first time, um, you know, got my feet wet in that space. Um, and, and makes me wonder if I can sort of maneuver and manipulate some of these other things, like you said, Shang-Chi and, you know, some of the other movies that are coming out only in theaters um, that I kind of want to see because I can't lie. I've been very comfortable. I set up my surround sound speakers with Adobe Atmos in the basement. Yeah, man. Watched some other stuff the other day. So it's super comfortable. You know, that 75 inches is, you know, no <laughs> joke. No joke. Um, it's I have but no joke. I have loved watching all of the things down in our basement between like the suicide squad and black widow and we know whatever else has come out that we've gotten through premium access or some kind of a streaming service or whatever. And uh, I, I understand that eventually it's going to have to end. I just don't know if this was the time to do it for this movie. I don't think that this movie should have been, the flag being planted and saying we're back because I like venom. The new venom movie is totally in the process of being renegotiated for another date. Like they're talking like maybe the end of Jan of January uh, or mid January of next year for that movie. You mean the movie didn't come out already? No, it didn't. (laughs) You'll know when it does. Okay. You'll know when, when venom two comes out for sure. Um, I was almost certain that movie came out, and I didn't care then either. Oh, disrespect. <laughs> Disre- how, could, how could none of you find that first movie just so stupid that it was fun? Nothing. He gets into, he gets into the tank with the lobsters and just starts eating them up, and he's got that stupid accent. It's so funny. Uh-huh. 
I, I I get it. I get it. I know, but I just I can't help it. It was so dumb. It's like a buddy comedy movie with a with a symbiote. I don't know. Whatever. Venom for life. Okay. He's <laughs> like he's a, I'm a ride or die. Okay. That's right. That's right. All right. So that was your that was your awesome con adventures. Do you have anything else that you want to say? Anybody else you want to shout out before we maybe move on to some uh, some comic book talk here? Actually, one of my books is kind of a a, a segue between that experience. So, All right, do it. Go ahead. All right, Shaza Dam. I guess uh, I don't know. <laughs> this ain't no lightning round. This ain't no. I was gonna say this ain't no lightning round. I'm just gonna talk a little bit about one of the things that I did. Um, as I was walking through the floor, you know, there's a lot of um, independent creators that are at these cons, and especially independent creators are the ones that I want to talk to because this is their space to shine. They don't have the big Marvel, you know, DC booths that are set up with, you know, spotlights and everything drawing everyone over to them. They they have to hock their wares. So, you know, <laughs> they, got, they got to show their games and hopefully somebody will pull over. So, you know... Yeah. I happened to go by the Scout Comics uh, booth, and I, what caught my eye is I saw Ben Kahn's book, um, Heavenly Blues. Heavenly Blues, uh, yes. There, that I, you guys recall I brought to the show because I really, really loved it. And I was like, oh, well, let's see what else is over here. Well, while I was there, I ran into a Mr. Rob McKinnon, uh, and he we were just chatting for a little bit, talking about, again, experiences at the con and, and, and what it's been like. Um, and he brought to my attention a book that he's, uh, I think, doing a Kickstarter for uh, either now or, or pretty soon. But he has issue one out now called Dancing with a Dragon. So he gave me a copy of it for free. So thank you very much um, uh. to to read through and see what I thought about it. Um, I can't lie. I really enjoyed the book. Hey. Uh, so it's uh, Rob McKinnon. Like I said, Rob McKinnon, uh, Luca. I want to say these names right. Casa Linguido, uh, Natalia Nastarenko, and Joel Rodriguez. Uh, so just at the highest level, this is a setup for what looks like it's going to be a combination sort of mob story, uh, heist story, sort of how did we get into this mix, into this mess story between these two characters that um, are in America. It's based in San Francisco, um, and they, are, are, they came over from the U.K., um, basically we have a scenario where, uh, we have, I can't remember their names right now, specifically the character names, but we have the two characters, uh, they're, they're, they're in love. They're, they're together. He wants to create this perfect, this great life for her, but hasn't been able to sort of realize that American dream. And he's really trying to figure out what he needs to do to give her everything that he feels like she deserves. And, you know, one thing leads to the other through a series of present day flashbacks, present day flashbacks. Um, you know, he, you know, we find them, he's somehow gotten in way over his head in a, a money laundering scheme. And he is now on the run from the, uh, the mob. Looks like the Chinese mafia. Ooh. We don't exactly know what transpired between then and now, but we just know we, we get to see two points. We get to see the points where the initial contact were made. And then the points were all shit went, you know, to the left and he's on the run trying to get away. Um, I, the one thing I, I do say, I will say that the story really sort of caught me and and the way that these flashbacks to and from were done kept me engaged. I know on the show the other day we talked about Tom King and doing the the panel by panel oh, yes. um, uh, sort of time jumps. It, there's a way to do it 
that will still keep you engaged. And I think what was done with this book is that it kept me engaged because there was a relevance between the time jumps. It was clear that you were showing the beginning and the end, and you were showing some connective tissue between what you were looking at um, in each panel, and it kept you engaged. It didn't take you out of the story whenever you were going from point to point. Um, and then it leaves off with not necessarily a cliffhanger, but a, a nice sort of space where you're just like, oh, crap, what happens next? And then you open it up, and you're like, next issue coming in November. I'm like, well, crap, he hooked me. So um, I, I appreciated it. I, I actually really enjoyed the book. Um, I let him know when I went back the next day. Um, he gave me a little bit more information about you know what's going to happen next. He didn't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to spoil anything. But I would say if you can get on your interwebs, look it up, Dancing with the Dragon, Scout Comics. So that's that. Now I'm sort of going to roll all these others into one sort of – I don't know, response. I found myself deeply immersed in the X universe this past week and a half or so because I just wanted to catch up on the books that maybe I put uh, to the side or didn't get a chance to to look at. And so there I was. Um and <laughs> I have uh I have thoughts. Talk to my X-Men abandoning ass about so, all your thoughts. So you see so you're not really a ride or die then, are you? You let you I I, you know, you know, I blame Joey because Joey started talking about the bubble bursting, mm, he and I think what was that? He planted a seed. He did. He planted this evil seed in my head, and so every time I've been going into the X stuff, I've been waiting to feel underwhelmed, and I just I've noticed that my priorities in collecting every book. Has, enti- has ceased entirely. I think I'm maybe still reading three or four series, and I'm not caught up with any of them it at is, the moment. It, it is. Here's what I'll say. It is clear that there is a philosophy that runs through the entire X line, uh, and that philosophy is being examined from a variety of different angles. And, and they talked about it on the show a little bit, so I'm not going to go into all the details of it. But that philosophy is the impact of your life when you realize that death doesn't really matter as much. And that is mm. sort of picked up at the heaviest with the heaviest hand in Way of X. I read Way of X 4 and 5, um, and I, I do agree that relationship between Legion and 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 Kurt, I just I don't know why I love it, but I love it. I've always loved Legion, and this is certainly a different Legion than the the one that was in the book. That was was that was that Jason Aaron? Um, yes, uh, a while back. Um, I, I really love that book, and I really that made me really love this character and just sort of the struggle of this character to be accepted and his daddy issues, while you know all immersed with his anger. But the one thing that was very clear in that book is that. It's not his powers that somehow always make him able to sort of beat down the the X-Men. He's smarter than them. He just is. He just sees things from a perspective. You can call it whatever you want, but at least from the versions that I've read of him, you can call it whatever you want, but he's always a step ahead of him. He's almost like this um, John Constantine version, uh, uh, Marvel version, um, that always seems to have something up his sleeve. Whether it's with confidence or just you know dumb luck that he was able to figure it out, um, and he is being brought in to you know help the help Kurt from a different perspective, and that perspective is yes, we do see that there is this sort of irreverence for um, 
you know, the relationship between life and death, but there's something else at play here. And that something else obviously is onslaught um, and how it's getting into the, the, the granular psyche, you know, of, of mutants. Um, and not, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's, there's a lot of activity that happens in these books that I just think are, you have to really read between the lines and see what they're saying. And it also makes me a little nervous because it makes me wonder if they are going to, like we talked about before, reset everything and sort of relegate them back to their corner of trying to be heard and seen, whatever the case. But, um, you know, and again, that same theme runs through. I, I picked up on New Mutants number 20 again, and uh, not my favorite of the books, but that theme is running through there um, because we see these characters trying to do what they need to do to save one of their friends. Um, again, recognizing that death doesn't really matter. They're supposed to be on Krakoa. Krakoa is supposed to be this place, this utopia, this place of safety. And, you know, this friend has, is, is no longer with us. And what can we do to, let, let's do what we need to do to bring them back. Um, because why not? These others do it and they didn't, you know, and, and oh, by the way, this whole resurrection thing isn't exactly dispersed equally. And that's creating some division and tensions, you know, among those mutants that are, how can we say those mutants that pass and those that don't, you know? So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. So it's a theme that's going through. It's a, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Um, But the other aspect of this line of X books is that the exaltation of mutants above all others is so clear. And it, it happened so gradually that it's clear as you get to like sword number seven and, and, and uh, the other books, Marauders. And, and uh, just as I was reading through them, it was clear they have gone in a space of two years from being, well, attempted to be outshined by inhumans to being like the centerpiece of the Marvel universe right now um, from the perspective of being in the Marvel universe. Like they are truly, seen as sort of gods on earth capable of so much causing everyone's pucker factor to increase significantly because now they're wondering <laughs> where where does that leave them and that even comes through to uh you know with one of our favorite characters listen everyone's got to unclench but that's know, the name of the episode pucker factor pucker factor um season two of pucker factor premieres in january <laughs> Um, but there is this, <laughs> this winter on CBS Pucker Factor. Pucker Factor. Uh, um, but no, there is, a, and I, I, I'm referencing a conversation in Sword Seven between uh, Storm and Doctor Doom, which I just thought was masterful. I just thought, first of all, every time Storm comes on the page these days, I'm just like, yes, bitch, yes, you are. Wasn't the she? Of the universe. Right, like, didn't she come out? The last thing that I remember from her is that she basically walked out at the end of an issue and was like, "I'm she in is, charge." She is like, president is, of Mars, right? Like, I run this shit. Yeah, because no, they're she like, is. she is president. She of Mars. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm remembering that correctly. Okay. She is leader of Mars. That's the last thing that I remember reading. I think was that X Men number one. So, but yeah, but what the thing that has been happening as you look at all, all the, the previous issues and all the people that have previously been sort of the cornerstone of the intellectual community in the Marvel universe are 
taking notice. They're sort of looking like, hmm, where does this, does this push me back in line now? Am I not as special as I thought? And Doom tries to make a play to sort of secure his spot. And Storm's like, no, no, you're fine. Bye. I got to go. There's things happening. Um, and, you know, it, it becomes clear we're, we're not, we are not going to go back to where we were willingly you're going to have to make us go back. And I think that's what's about to start happening. You're going to have to make us go back. And I think I, I, I'm worried by that a little bit, but at the same time, I'm still enjoying the story. Um, but uh, the, the last thing I want to say is I want to talk about Joey's, uh, the, the one point that Joey made about the trial of Magneto, because it hit me the same way it hit him. When everyone realized that Wanda was dead, and you walk outside, everyone is cheering the death of the pretender. I was like, Damn, the shade and disrespect. The man's, it was a man's sort of adopted daughter, and y'all are just like cheering. It just caught me off guard, man, that, that whole scenario. Um, but also, that issue was a little gut wrenching because the, as X Factor and, and X Force were doing the forensics on, on, trying to figure out what happened to her, they went in detail and it was gut wrenching to, especially depending on how you feel about the character, it was kind of gut wrenching to sort of see the violence that was used to take her. They talked about her trying to dig her heels in to, to, to stop from being dragged into the bushes and her windpipe being crushed by something. And it was just very detailed the the, the violence that she had to undergo to be, you know, taken down. And it, it was difficult. If you really, if you really care for that character in any capacity, it was difficult. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I wonder where this can go long-term without reversing everything. Um, but I think there, we are not going to get out of this unscathed. There are going to be consequences that are going to shake it, but I'm hoping and praying that it doesn't reverse this entire universe. But you know, I, I, I've enjoyed my little trip through the Marvel Universe, the X-Men Universe this past, you know, week or so, and uh, kind of got me looking forward. I'm curious to see where this, the the parallel stories of, of Onslaught and the Trial of Magneto, because they, they are connected um, in a way in terms of the impact of the mutant universe. But um, I'm curious to see where this is going to go. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. This is uh this is going to be my first onslaught experience. I've never encountered that character before. Now, I be honest with you, I've never read a, a consistent story. I know who it is and what it's made of and how it exists and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not an aficionado. All right. Well, well I know nothing, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now I got to get all caught up. So thanks for that. Yeah, man. <laughs> no seriously it sounds like fun i don't i hate not being a part of the conversation with that stuff it's been such a ride is it has it really been two years it's somewhere around there because yeah because that was up for um one of the store the big story uh the house of house of x cards of 10 whatever it is uh was up it. for the awards he said cards of 10 nope cards of 10 i refuse yeah because if marauders is on issue 23 Jeez. See, I got a bunch of them. Like, I, I, I'm still collecting New Mutants. I'm still collecting Marauders. I'm still collecting X-Men. Way of X I have. I have a, I have a good deal of it. Uh, Hellions I've been mm-hmm. uh, continuing to collect. I just got a, 
I don't know. I just got to get back on the ball. I got to reread whatever the last thing I read was and then go from there. You really need to read Hellions because it's more comical to me. It's not, I don't think it's supposed to be. I like, yeah. I mean, I, I like Sinister. what I read. Sinister but, is a complete mess. He is he's a amazing. mess. But is it Marauders or Marauders? Joey, what are your thoughts? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, we could have that debate until the cows come home. Uh, say it how you feel is what uh, what I'm going to go with here. But yeah, no, you're, you're hearing you talk about it is definitely making me want to get caught up. And uh, yeah, man, it was really just, it was that, that evil seed that was planted in my head that I was like, am I getting a little tired of this? I think I'm getting a little tired of this. I just, and I also think the expense was getting to me, which is yeah. why I had to, I had to drop a couple of things. Well, also after Exoswords, um, yeah, you had that sort of letdown for a little yeah, while. Yeah, I just I feel so much more engaged with that stuff when there's when all those books come together and they do those, you know, those eight issue events, ten issue events, whatever it is, and it's like if you don't get this issue, you'll be out of the loop on part of the story for this thing. I mean, granted that didn't necessarily happen with the Hellfire Gala. There were definitely a few uh issues in there that were kind of like whatever, but I don't know. I'll get back in. I'm sure the the second that I dive right in, I'll be like, oh, I remember why I love this stuff so much. It's 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 engaging. I I am I'm, I'm I'm a ride or die. I'm sticking with it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I'm a you know I'm excited. I'm excited to go in. I just my my to be red pile is piling up, and like I keep track of all the books that I read throughout the year in a in a document, and so. Like I've been reading and reading and only bringing like just a quarter of what I've read to the regular show because sometimes I just like to read things for the sake of reading them and then I go to bed and don't have to bring it onto the show and that was just for me. Mm-hmm. But um, man, that 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 pile though, it's getting real big, and uh, so I've been going through it a little bit and I thought that I would bring some of those books to this show. Um, I will put this out there. I am definitely going to get called away from whatever we're doing at some point because I can see things popping off in the back end of my website right now. And at some point, I'm going to have to pause this sucker and maybe do a thing or two. But we will cross that bridge when we come to it. All right. Would you like to hear me talk about some comic books? I think it's only fair. Uh, I just want to echo Joey's sentiments for Eat the Rich number one really quick. This is from Boom Studios. He talked about this on the main show uh, this week, the Kristen Gunsnock episode. This is written by Sarah Gailey with art by Pius Bach, which is just an amazing name. Colors by Roman uh, Titov and letters by Cardinal Ray. So he gave you the setup for this. You're probably already familiar. It's It really is, and to his credit, it very much is ready or not, but with cannibals. And it's a great, it's a great summary, great elevator pitch. It's a gorgeous book. I am 100% on board with this. I read this today at the hospital and it was awesome. I really, really, really dug it a lot. So just wanted to say that I, I, Joey was right for that one. Just blowing him up. Just blowing him up. I'm just blowing him up. Hey, man, you take him down, you got to build him back up. Okay. Well, there you go. 
Listen, he went into the outline for the show and did some crazy stuff where he put a line through all of the questions that didn't get asked from this past week. And I have no idea how to reverse it. I'm so pissed. (laughs) There you go. Behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I'm so pissed. I opened it up right before we did this and I was like, what is this? What do you do? How do you get rid of this? There's no like, there's no hot key for this. There probably is, but I don't know it. It's a strike through. Um, Yeah. We'll I'll edit this and come back I'll to it. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to leave it all in. That's what the show's for. Uh, I want to give an update on some of my manga reading. I'm going to save the big one for the main show because I want to kind of gather my thoughts. But I did continue with Chainsaw Man. Now, you all know how I felt about Chainsaw Man the last time that I talked about it. I was enjoying it. It was very cool. It was very, you know, pretty action-packed. But the main character kind of a piece of work and wasn't really enjoying him, but really enjoyed the support cast. I had five volumes of the sucker and I said, you know what? I'm going to keep going. And boy, am I glad that I did because volume three was wild. It was crazy. And it was exactly the kick in the ass that I needed to not only like fully enjoy the series, but I really look forward to reading more of it. And I cruised through the other two volumes and I'm, and I'm waiting uh, for the others to be released. I know that you can get them through, I guess, Viz Media for like a very small subscription fee. I just, I can't even with subscription services right now. I, for as long as it would probably take me, I could probably do it for one month and, and read that stuff. But I don't know. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Um, for now, I'm going to be patient and wait because I have other things to read. But holy hell, Chainsaw Man is crazy. And it's crazy, but I want to draw attention to one specific thing. I had a lot of complaints about Denji uh, the last time I talked about this book. I was very pleased to see that in Volume 3, he kind of gets it in one way or another. I mean, he dies all the time. He drinks blood, he comes back, whatever. But for all of his skeeviness and for all of his wanting to touch boobs and wanting to make out and wanting to like that being his goal in life to achieve these things with women and whatnot um, that I was really just like, Oh God, why, why do this to this character? But anyway, at one point in the story, he makes a deal that if he does X, he gets a kiss. And at one point he gets that kiss and has promptly that character pukes into his mouth because she's been oh. drinking so much. Oh my. And it just felt like justice. It would have been better if it was on purpose. It was an accident, but it was still damn funny. And it and from that point on, he kind of slowed his role a little bit. And I was like, all right, maybe he maybe Denji just needed to swallow some vomit. And now he can he can a, become a better person. Just so I'm clear, this is the boob guy, right? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to yes. make sure. This I is was the this is I, this is the I just want to touch boobs. Uh, you know, first first he wanted he wanted to live the good life. He decided he had that, and then he wanted boobs, and now he wants to kiss, and he's all torn up about it because he likes Makima, and it's a whole thing. Uh just it got it got way better. The action got better, um, and it's just it's turned into that thing that that anime and and this type of stuff does, where it's just so completely bonkers 
that I'm sitting there and like kind of leaning back and being like, ah, like this is this is what I wanted. This is fun. Uh, and the and there was a there was a pretty big thing that happened at the end of volume four that I won't talk about that like just hooked me all over again. So it's doing the thing. It's doing the thing. I'm really glad that I stuck with it. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. And who knows, maybe I will go and get that Viz uh, subscription just so that I can finish this up and put it to bed. Uh, let's see. Okay. King Spawn number one came out uh, this this week that this show is coming out. So this past Wednesday. The creator list on this is just massive. Do you want me to go through it or what? I mean, why not? I got time. All right. It's written by Sean Lewis with additional dialogue by Todd McFarlane. Art by Javi Fernandez, Steven Segovia, uh, Marcio Tamaki, Philip Tan, Brett Booth. Inks by Adelso Corona, Daniel Henriquez. Colors by FCL Placencia. Additional colors by Andrew Dollhouse, Marcelo Mayalo, Peter Steigerwald, Steigerwald, got it. Dave McCaig and letters by And World Design. Oof. Immediately regretted that decision. Yes, yes. So, okay, this is a this is my first Spawn comic. All right, I just want to put it out there. I don't think I've ever read any Spawn either. Come to think of it, huh. I've seen the cartoon. I've definitely seen the movie uh, several times. And I have owned Spawn comics in the past, but I think I just owned them because I thought that I was supposed to have Spawn comics as a teenager. Uh, uh Um, I also used to live above a comic book shop um, when I was, when I was a kid. And uh, so I would pick up a, a Spawn comic every now and again. Anyway, this is the first time that I'm actually like actively opening up a Spawn book and diving in. Um, this is a, I don't know if you would call it an anthology style comic, but this is the, one of those number ones that is like, you know, double sized and introduces you to like one, two, three, four, five different storylines. So you get, you know, little pieces, little backups and introductions to each one. And so this is divided into King Spawn number one, uh, Haunt, Nightmare, The Hero, and Gunslinger. And obviously, we've named uh, all the creators on this with uh, Sean Lewis, I believe, picking up most of the work on this writing, uh, if not all, uh, in addition to Todd McFarlane. And I mean, I wanted to read this. Sean is obviously, you know, a friend and a creator that we all enjoy. But I wanted to, I, you know, I've read a lot of his independent work and I wanted to see what he would do with this character. And Holy shit. <laughs> like I want to talk to him about this because I can't even imagine the level of research that had to go into knowing and, and researching this character and, and the spawn world in order to touch on all of these different characters and all these different corners of the universe. I never really realized that um, spawn is kind of Batman mixed with venom in that, like, he's wearing a symbiote, I believe. At least he said he was in this. And he totally Batmans, like, all over the place. He disappears yeah, on people. That. I would have kind of thought um, he was, like, a 
Batman and Hell. Uh, what was it? I'm sorry, Ghost Rider. That's kind of where my head was thinking, but I mean, maybe I, I definitely I, I I got heavy heavy Batman Venom vibes from this specifically from from like King uh, King Spawn number one that story. Um, there's a lot of like there's a lot of religious overtones to this like cult activity and stuff like that. Like I, I didn't know to expect any of that. So this first story is basically about a twisted order of zealots called Psalms one thirty seven, mm-hmm. and they basically are like the book opens with a school classroom blowing up with kids inside. And I was just like, Whoa. Okay. Uh, This group is trying to get their God to notice them. And they believe that the way to do that is through Psalm 137, which basically says something about killing children um, for God or something like that. Uh, Metatron is in this book. Metatron is like a hat-wearing hipster that's kind of walking through the park, which I thought was interesting. Sam and Twitch show up. Uh, I essentially have no idea what's going on in this universe. Like I said, I've never read Spawn before, but damn, does it look mighty fine. The artwork in this book by everybody that contributes is just crazy. The color work specifically is great, especially with like the innards and the chunks. It is a very violent and visceral book of people, you know, getting their faces cut off and spines for like lampshades and shit. Like it's not lampshades. Um, What do you call the base? The base of the lamp? Uh, The base of the lamp. All right. Forget, forget the whole lamp thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's super gross. It's super gritty. It's, it's got a very like, you know, I'm going to, you can't go killing kids on my beat. I'm going to figure out what the hell's going on here. And then you got the villains or they're all, ah, you know, we're calling our gods back and they're going to come and we got to feed them and the humans are food and blah, blah, blah. So you jump around to these different stories. You get haunt. He discovers that a woman he cares about is trying to kill him in nightmare. You get like a hulking spawn who's upset at his underlings. He's talking about throwing the party and essentially feeding his guests to a, a mysterious guest. Um, the hero, a young boy, discovers that he can summon a holy warrior to do his bidding. He's kind of like a little puppet master of destruction. And Gunslinger is Gunslinger Spawn's caravan is attacked, and the people kill him and his people and whatever, and he basically wakes up and he vows revenge and the whole thing. Uh, it doesn't go well, or he, there's at least a huge setback in that story. And so all of these other stories are kind of like just to tease you. And so not having done a lot of research into this, I'm assuming that these are stories that would be continued in other series. And with that being my assumption, I really did in, enjoy, like I kind of enjoy the world. I like the, I love the look of it. Uh, and, but I don't know how many of the stories I'm interested in following into other yeah. books. You know, it really depends on what the divide is. Like they had a couple of promos in the back for when things are coming out. And some of them aren't coming out until like October and December. So it's going to be a while before we see those. But like, I would be curious to find out which one Sean is writing. And like, maybe I would follow those. Like I'm, I'm interested in the King Spawn story for sure. Yeah. Uh, even the Gunslinger one was pretty cool. 
Because it might be too early to just commit to it altogether. But I, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. May, maybe you can start Spawn Corner on the show moving forward. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I'll do that. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i already doing the manga thing. But, like, it's it brings me back to what Melissa was talking about with the whole, like, intimidation for the superhero universe and yeah. not wanting to do all the research and learn all the history and find out which creators did what. Like, I'm so... I enjoyed my time with this, but I was so completely lost the whole time. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I know this character through osmosis because I've seen him throughout the years that we've been doing on the show when I'm making my my pull lists and I see these characters on covers for spawn things that I never yeah. read. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that there was enough here to make me like super interested in that universe enough to like really dive in because I know that I have a problem that when I decide to get into something I basically just open my wallet and start going nuts. And uh, I need to cut back on that sort of thing. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, that's the whole fanaticism of it all. You know, you, you see something, you're just like, all right, that looks pretty cool. I mean, I go through that exact same thing whenever I go to the cons. Or whenever I go to – I'm specifically susceptible to this when I go to New York Comic Con as I'm walking through the floor and I maybe get – I come across some books – then I'm like, oh wow, I've heard about this story, you know, that are in like the the discount bins or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, you you come up with your finds, and you're like, oh, I heard about this story. And the next thing you know, you just start slapping them on a pile and walking over, and you got like 150 dollars worth of books from one place, and you know, nope. and you go back to your hotel. And I'm like, I spread them out all over my, you know, the bed in the hotel. I'm like, all right, I'm going to dig in, and you're like, why did I do this? It's like, um, but you know, you, it's just, you get so caught up in the moment and the excitement of being immersed in that story at some point that you're just like, I want to make this last. Yeah. I definitely had a problem when I first started coming to Canada to visit with Bronwyn and I would go to Heroes uh, in downtown London because they have just an absolutely tremendous, like discounted used, um, like stock at their place mm-hmm. and it's, it's a majority of the store it's a lot of stuff and they sell like hardcover trades for like 399 mm-hmm. night. like it's just it's and you could pick up whole runs of things yeah. for whatever but like i would come and visit and i would bring an extra bag or suitcase or i would leave stuff at bronwyn's because i knew i was coming back and I would just go home with no clothes, like one, maybe one outfit in case of an emergency, and the rest would be books. That's and so, like, yeah. reading a little bit of manga here and there, still picking up my pull, my pull list this week was disgusting. I know you, every Joey was like, oh, I got all these books. I had, I'd spent some money. I think uh, I did pretty this well. Week. I, well, here's what I decided to do this week I decided to just go with the the top tier things that I absolutely positively knew I wanted to read. And then I sort of earmarked some other potential things. So I'm only going with the top tier stuff for now. It's the way to go. I wish I had that level of control. <laughs> I, I, I I'm like, some miles, some, eh, some the money's there. What I don't realize <laughs> is that if I don't spend it, that money will be there for other things. And I just can't make that connection. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be it for my books. I was going to I was going to talk about Detective Comics, but um, all I'll say is that I'm really enjoying it. I, I have a lot. I started it from the beginning again, 
And I've been going, this is, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Dan Mora, Victor Bogdanovich, Daniel Henriquez, and Norm Ratmund. Uh, colors by Jordi Belair and letters by Aditya Bidikar. It's, I, what, what is going on with the schedule for Tynan's Batman? Like, are we still getting that every other week? Because it doesn't feel like that's been the case for the last like two months. I have been tapped out of Batman for the better part of two years. And it hurts my soul to say You that. don't read Batman with us? I don't read a single Batman. What? I have not for for how is this news Batman. to me? I've not read Batman since I've been on the show. What the fuck? What is going on right now? Really? I think I read some of the a couple of the Batmans during the future state thing, but I wasn't. Oh impressed. my god, I'm such a burnout. <laughs> I haven't read I haven't read any Batman. I started the Tom King. Remember, I started the Tom King run um, and was enjoying it. But then the the multiple therapy sessions and all that, just the, the psychological focus was really beginning to like stress me out. And then my whole thing was, I really just want to see Batman punch people in the face. You know? Yeah. It's just sort of, and so I sort of tapped out. I didn't want to do the the, consist, the constant deconstruction of Batman. So, you know. This is not that. This is um, this is very detective, oh, it's called Detective Comics, but this is very detective Batman in that, um, like, Bruce has been, you know, he's lost his money, he lost his, his mansion, and so he's kind of slumming it right now for all that Bruce Wayne can slum it. But uh, it's... It started as a murder mystery and then has kind of turned into like a supernatural creature feature as it's gone on. And it's the art has been consistently great. And the kind of like delivery and reveal of the information and outing of the villain and stuff like that has been really, really neat. And it's got like. Like I always say the word Cronenbergian, like take a shot every time I say that on the show. But um, what's happening and then the, the the creature that we're we're dealing with definitely has those uh, like the thing or the fly kind of vibes to mm-hmm. it. And it's uh, it's a different and gross thing to put Batman up against. And he's also running around with Huntress who is is an outstanding character in this series. Uh, and you even got a couple of backups with her that are very cool. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I still got a couple of issues left. Bruce is about to go to jail. Spoilers. And uh, I don't know. He's going to maybe pull a daredevil. I have no idea. So. I don't know. I, 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 who's doing? Wait, who's doing it now? Who's doing Detective Comedy? You just said it. I'm sorry. Uh, Mariko Tamaki, Come Dan Mora. Dan Mora's back. Oh, as far as where I am now, uh, I'm a, I'm like a couple. I think I have like four issues that I have to get caught up. But at the point where Bruce go, goes to jail, uh, Dan Mora is back on that issue. Victor Bogdano, uh, Bogdanovich came in for a little bit. Uh, same thing with uh, Daniel Henriquez and. Uh, Norm Ratmund. Who was doing it when you had Clayface and Batwoman? Was that Tynan? I believe so. Yeah, I think that was the last time I read Detective. I never saw how that ended. Yeah, me neither. 
trying to remember. I think I, I love Clayface. Clayface. I miss yeah, Clayface. I was going to say, I think that's what, what sort of turned me off when they got rid of Clayface or something like that. I think I was like, okay. Oh, no. I remember I was just annoyed that everyone was always angry at Batman, but everyone's still walking around with bats on their chest doing the things that he told them to do. There, uh, I'll say this. There is there is some Clayface elements uh, of this story, just not uh, not in the way you would assume. Okay. So, yeah, it's good. Like, I... It was one of those things that I didn't know if I needed to keep getting it, but kept getting it. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll eventually check this out. Dan Mora, it's Mariko Tamaki, blah, blah, blah. And then I decided to read it over the last like two weeks and I'm, I'm still getting caught up with it. Because uh, having those backups, like that really adds a little bit of more reading time to those issues. And, you know, some of them are fun. Some of them I'm like, meh, do we need this? But um it's been cool. I like. I I feel like the main book isn't coming out every other week because I know I didn't get one last week and I didn't get one this week. So I don't know what's up, but you know, every now and again, I need my Batman. I'm looking to see what's on DC Infinite. Blah blah blah. Let's see if maybe Infinite Pucker Factor. There you go. The Infinite <laughs> Pucker Factor. <laughs> There's a movie in there somewhere. There's a movie in there somewhere. All right. Well, while you do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us out of comic book talk, and uh, we're gonna wrap this up because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one news item really quick, and then I am probably gonna get messaged by my boss. Um, Marvel announced a new video game today. Uh, I have not played. I know Joey was like, "Oh, I wonder if Steve played the the Wakanda content for uh, Avengers." I have not. Uh, I haven't even downloaded it yet, but I will. Uh, so GamesCon is going on. Games, Sorry, GamesCom is going on right now. And during the opening night, Marvel announced Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is oh. a new tactical RPG inspired by XCOM. So have you ever played XCOM, Aaron? I have not. I have not. Okay. Neither have I. But from what I understand, I believe that it is a like grid-based tactical action game where you're issuing commands and basically like plotting your course and and your attacks and whatnot. It's almost like a like a chess game, like an action chess game, if you will. Um, I, if I'm getting that wrong, I apologize, but. Anyway, they released a trailer for this thing. It looks slick as hell. It didn't uh, didn't show you any gameplay. It's just kind of like showcasing, I guess, some of the characters that are going to show up. They've all got these really wild, like, gold-trimmed outfits. I will say this. I was like, oh, this looks neat. And then they brought out Nico from The Runaways. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Okay. She comes out, she pulls out the staff, she casts a spell, uh, and I was just like, get out of town. So I, uh, if that's not her, if I'm mistaken, I will, I'll, A, I'll be upset, B, I apologize. Uh, it looked a hell of a lot like Nico Minero to me. Anyway, uh, the idea, I will play this game based on the idea of a runaway being in a video game. That's that's enough for me. This is coming out in March, twenty twenty two is the launch with well, a launch window for this, and hopefully uh, over the next however long that uh, Gamescom is lasting, we will get to see some actual gameplay for this because 
Uh, I think this is exciting. I think I think that we need something like this after uh, Avengers, just because Avengers didn't do nearly enough for for how much was was riding on that game, and it's been you know um, hopefully the Black Panther content is uh, is excellent, and I, I am looking forward to playing it. But for as much of a miss as that game was it would be nice to see marvel bounce back with something engaging and successful and varied and something that isn't the same wash rinse repeat action that that other game uh tends to be and um yeah i would i would like to see them make a good video game Uh, that'd be nice that i was gonna say that would certainly be I hope a goal of theirs, but you know, yeah, we'll see. I told, I, I mentioned to Joey in the chat, I was like, because he brought it up on the show and I was listening to the show. I mentioned in the chat, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do it for the culture. I'll download the Black Panther <laughs> thing and, I, and I'll jump back in. Wakanda forever, I man. I got to do it. I got to do it for the culture. I can't let us down. <laughs> got to represent. I got to represent. It all comes down to you, man. Marvel is, <laughs> Marvel is stressing me out. With I, shouldn't, I shouldn't put that kind of pressure on you. I take it back. They are stressing me out with this. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I've never played XCOM before, but I know that is a, it is a highly regarded series, and I know a couple of my friends who really enjoy it and have always told me that I would I would like it as well. So maybe maybe Marvel's Midnight Suns will be my foray into the XCOM uh, universe of gaming. Uh, and this is coming out by uh, Firaxis is the the studio that's putting this game out uh, early next year, March, hopefully, if it doesn't get delayed. It very well might get delayed. You never know. You never know. You never know. Uh, but what I do know is I think that it is time to wrap this up. I think this was pretty successful. Do we want to talk about what books we're getting? No, I don't know what book. I, you know, actually, no, I did look at what books I'm getting. Um, or wait, books we're getting or books we got? Well, I guess now it's books we got. Oh, I totally erased my list and made a new one. Nope. I, I, I can tell it. you. Hold on. I can tell you a couple of things. We already know that I got King Spawn. Uh, what else did I get today? Listen, while you're getting that together, I'm just going to go through my books. Go for it. All right, I'm doing the Project Patron number five, Steve Orlando. I'm doing the Dark Blood number two. I talked about that last month on the show. I uh, got to see what happens next. Once in Future number 19, Department yeah. of Truth number 12, Black Widow 10, Nonstop Spider Man number four. I'm not sure why I'm still reading it. It's just I keep reading it and then I'm not hating it. So it's it's fun. It's too many Spider Man books out there right now, but I, this one is <laughs> I'm enjoying. Strange Academy number 12 for obvious reasons, and Thor number 16. All right. Uh, I picked up That Texas Blood, number nine. Something is Killing the Children, number 19. Once in Future, number 19. King Spawn, number one. Echo Lands, number one. Uh, Made in Korea, number four. Die, number 19. I'm still I'm waiting. There's only one left to go, and then I'm going to do the whole thing. Uh, Department of Truth, number 12. Chew, number seven. Strange Academy, number 12. Black Widow, number 10. Nonstop Spider-Man, number four. Uh, Detective Comics, 1042, Batman Superman, 21. And uh, I also picked up Check, Please, Volumes 1 and 2 
uh, from the bookstore. So I got those. Started reading those. Um, not what I expected so far. Bronwyn read them uh, the other day, and she got emotional on multiple occasions. Mm. So I think she's going to come on to the show sometime soon and maybe talk that up with us. I'm going to uh, expunge her demons or uh, about it or something? What's going to happen with that? She gets very invested in characters, especially um, like relationship-based books. And there's there's definitely some romance happening in Check Please, and uh, apparently it was it was very powerful because mm-hmm. she was like tearing up and like clutching her chest and making these little noises every now and again because we're both sitting on the couch reading you know next to each other, and she's just like, "I'm sorry." I'm sorry. It's just when you read it, you'll understand. <laughs> my, so, my, my. Okay. Yeah. So. We get into it around here. <laughs> Listen, it's called passion. You have passion for the work. That's right. That's right. Ah, all right. I think that's going to do it. Uh, we've reached the end of whatever this is. <laughs> so... Uh, listen, as always, you can send us your comments and questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. Don't be shy. Ask us questions about anything. Ask us questions about movies, food, whatever. We answer a lot of comic book questions. You can ask those too, but it doesn't always have to be about comics. Uh, we are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. Review us, if you would, on your app of choice. We've also got uh, TalkingComicBooks.com where you can find reviews and features from our fantastic contributors. Aaron, where can our friends and listeners find you? At Aaron J. Amos, I believe. Yes. Uh, I am at dead underscore anchorus on the internet. Uh, You know everybody else's information. I don't need to go through the line. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope that you enjoyed this. We, uh, we kind of want to do we want to do more of these in the future. So, uh, if you want, give us some feedback. Let us know if you enjoyed having this little bonus episode. Uh, if it was nice and cozy, just having two of us chatting it up. And uh, I also want to thank Aaron for agreeing to uh, come on here and, and do this with me at the like drop of a hat. So, thank you, sir. I literally dropped a hat. <laughs> Next week, a three-hour dissection of Supergirl the movie. (laughs) Kristen wants to get in on that. That's fun. Get on the edge of your seats, folks. We should do that. We should should schedule that out and do that soon. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics podcast, the main podcast, to be continued. You just had to do it. Had to do it. Had to do it. It was just a thing. Can't stop, won't stop. Pucker Factor. Make it a thing. Hashtag Pucker Factor. Pucker Factor 2024. That's what I'm saying. That's going to be the name of my new band.
I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a band out there somewhere called Pucker Factor. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I can look it up if you want. And their debut album, Unclench. 